Hi there, welcome back to another episode of Social Media Manager Confidential. If this is your first episode, a special welcome and shout out to you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if this is not your first episode and you're coming back every single week, thank you so, so much for being here and letting me know what you love about the show. Every time I get an Instagram DM or a comment about the show, it just makes me so happy and my heart so full. So I really appreciate it. I am really excited to chat with Kat and Katie today. They are past mentees of mine from the most recent incubator. And we talk about where they are in their business, growing a team, systemizing, getting organized, client experience, dishing on red flag clients, firing clients, just so many good things. I really love chatting with them and I think you're gonna really enjoy this one. So here we go. Social media management is notorious for being high pressure, competitive, and changing literally every day, which is why it isn't surprising that most social media managers get burned out within the first two years. So how do you keep going? How do you stay up with the latest updates, protect your mental health, and build a successful social media management business that supports your lifestyle goals? Whether that's working from home with your kiddos or jet-setting around the world, that's what this show is all about. Welcome to Social Media Manager Confidential. I'm Shantae Gorman, founder of a six-figure social media management agency and mentor to social media managers. And I'm here to dish on the ins and outs of the social media management world without any of the gatekeeping that can come along with it. You'll learn, you'll laugh, and you'll leave each episode inspired. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast today. I am so excited to talk with Kat and Katie. They were mentees in my incubator, this most recent cohort, and they're a lot of fun. Say hi, ladies. Hello. (laughs) I'm going to introduce you. So Kat, she is a social media manager and content coach for online service providers. And then we have Katie, who has a little bit longer of a bio. Katie's the founder of Katie Creative Co., a social media agency that helps lifestyle businesses grow and nurture their communities on social media. As a huge supporter of the Shop Local movement, Katie is passionate about helping local brands stand out on social media. Katie has helped dozens of brands create and implement impactful social media strategies that turn followers into customers. She is also the co-host of the Check Your Aesthetic, a podcast that helps self-starting female creatives build their dream careers and businesses. Did you have something to say, Kat? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am the CEO of KV Marketing. I do help online coaches with content, and that's kind of my niche when it comes to content coaching. And yeah, that's all for now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) For those who can't see her, she was waving her arms around a little bit as I was reading Katie. I was getting keyboard happy with my bio. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And Kat and Katie are also friends off of this podcast. They've been chatting since they met in the program. So we're going to have a fun one today for sure. So Kat, if you want to get started, do you want to tell us like what your current business setup is like? Is it just you? How many clients do you have? Stuff like that. Okay, so my current 
setup is just myself for now. I am a kind of in an in-between space where I am at the max capacity that I can take for clients sitting at five, not full time, but five like bigger clients and then two smaller clients and my own social media, which I'm really trying hard to keep go- <laughs> keep scheduling stuff for my own social media. So about seven clients right now by myself, and I am just at the point where I know that I need to hire out, whether it be some help with scheduling or the stuff that I just don't want to do. That's kind of where I'm sitting. I have everything optimized and I have my systems in place, but I'm just now looking for that little extra help. So that's the next step in my business. That's exciting. That's a big step. It's a scary step and a big step but it's an exciting step. Mm -hmm. Katie, do you want to tell us about your business? For sure. So Kat and I are kind of in similar spots, which is, I believe, why we're both here together today. But I'm sort of, like I said, in a similar position where I'm at my max capacity working on kind of building a wait list. I know we all know that personally, I think wait lists are daunting because I'm always... And I talked about this in the incubator. I'm always afraid people are just going to be like, I don't want to be on your wait list anymore. And I'm like, oh, no, well, I told somebody else like, no, because you're on my wait list anyway. But I am just me for now. I have about six clients, one of which is a pretty big client. And then I have energizer clients who kind of come and go. That's kind of my one-off service. So those kind of flow in and out and have some of those set up for the future. But when we're talking about management, I'm setting it about six And I was going to say something about firing a client, which I think we'll talk about later. (laughs) Yes, we will touch on that later. (laughs) As we all know, sometimes you got to get rid of us. So we might might have an opening soon. We'll see. (laughs) But yeah, I'm kind of in a similar position where I'm looking to make sure everything's really optimized so that I'm able to grow my team and make sure that I don't burn myself out so bad that I can't keep going. So I think Kat and I are kind of at that crossroads similarly. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is like setting up SOPs right now is my big to do's is like high on my list of to do's after all the content creation. So I'm like trying to slide it in, but knowing hiring someone will help take some of that stuff off my plate so I can actually write SOPs. So I think that starting with like scheduling content, SOP is not that complicated for that. So it's like an easy first step, I think. Yeah. I mean, you could even film like a Loom video of like, here's how I do it and watch the video for sure and follow along. (laughs) That one's probably the easiest. Yeah, yeah, that one's the easiest. I would say definitely. Kat, how did you get started in social media management? So I have a COVID baby business. I was working full time for a non for profit in a communications and marketing role. And a business reached out, a local business reached out to me after being closed for several months and said, Hey, listen, we need a rebrand. We need people coming into the door. So I took this client on pro bono and started working with them. And then kind of word got out where I live that I was doing this. And it really snowballed into a whole business to the point where in November 2021, I left my full time job. So I've now been full-time as a social media manager on my own for over a year now, almost a year and a half. And yeah, that's how we got started. Nice. I love that. How about you, Katie? So I have actually had my business under the name Katie Creative Co. before I started offering social media management services. I've always been like chronically online, just like my entire life. 
so I was selling like products and what I was really obsessed with was running my own page. All the while I was in school and my plan was to be a social media manager. I just didn't really know what that was going to look like. I thought I was going to work in-house somewhere. So I had an internship after college at an agency. And before this internship, I was pretty anti-agency. I thought it was hectic. I thought it was crazy. I'm not going to say it's not, but (laughs) I didn't want to be handed clients. Like I didn't like the idea of being handed clients and not having any control over what the client was. Whereas, you know, when you work in-house somewhere, you know who you're working for. It's going to stay the same. So I worked agency for a little bit and I was like, okay, the actual workflow and like the busyness and the switching between clients actually prefer that to working on one like thing all the time. So then I was like, okay, well, how's like, you know, what's a solution to the problem that I'm having of I don't want to be working with clients that I don't align with, but I also don't want to be working in house. And so I was like, why don't I just try to do this myself? Why don't I just see if I can find my own clients? And so I kind of leveraged the community that I'd built through Katie Creative Co. previously and started offering social media management services. This was last May. So this was almost a year ago. And I basically just started taking on clients and pretty soon was making more than I did at the agency. So then I quit that job and went full-time with this. And ever since then, I've just been growing and you know finding kind of my identity and my niche as a social media manager. So yeah, similar, similar stories just kind of falls into your lap sometimes. Yeah. I love it. Mine kind of did as well. So I I feel like that's pretty common for this industry, at least since it's like a baby industry. It's brand new. Everybody just kind of finding their way to it. Katie, what would you say your favorite thing about being a social media management is? I love a lot of things about social media management. I think there's a recent TikTok like kind of trend thing that you see where it's like, are you the star smiley face you know, shopping bag marketing girl? Or are you like the pen and paper and like data marketing girl? And I'm definitely the like camera star, like <laughs> shopping bag marketing girl. And what drew me to this industry is the creativity. So, you know, I don't like doing analytics reports. I do them, but that's not really where I, you know, I shine. I really, really like getting to actually create content. That's something that I don't ever want to give up, even as I like grow and add people to my team. I just think it's really, really fun. And I like getting to be creative with ideas. I like getting to edit the content. I really love editing reels. I had a YouTube channel in middle school um, that obviously has not made me famous yet. But the (laughs) video editing love from that is kind of transferred into this. So I feel like I took a lot of my hobbies that I had when I was younger that I thought were just hobbies because also nobody thought this could be a job when we were younger and turned them into a job. So I think the content creation and like the creative side of things is what I really love. Yeah. I really want the username for that YouTube. (laughs) I was going to say, what? No, y'all, you don't. It's traumatic. What did you post on YouTube? Oh, I was a beauty guru. Oh. I was beauty guruing so hard. I I love that. (laughs) Like entering the Nick's Face Awards. Like if you were a beauty girl in middle school, you know, like I was like going to the Walmart and being like, mom, I need you to give me the money to make a YouTube video about these new products that I find. <laughs> it was something else. It was something else. The Maybelline mousse? No, literally. It's exactly <laughs> what it was. It was so, it was, and like I was terrible at it too. Like horrible. I'm still not going to make up. I don't know what I was going for. <laughs> I just wanted to be an influencer. You have to find that cat and uh, let me know. Yeah. They'll do some digging. It's so buried deep. It was, it was really, it's one of my favorite things to bring up. It's so funny. And like just the pipeline. Like, yeah. I mean, the pipeline makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it's very on brand. One of my other friends who I actually... So basically, we were YouTube friends. I didn't talk to her for years. We reconnected because I found out she also owned a marketing agency. Ah, interesting. Yeah, so we just ended up doing the same thing. Anyway, enough talk about my stellar YouTube channel. (laughs) 
All right. Now we're going to dive into your least favorite thing. And I think this is where we can kind of bring in uh, red flag clients and firing them. Who wants to go first about that? Kat, you got it. Okay. From me, I think it's like being able to set your boundaries is kind of hard because you're you're available all the time, right? You're on socials, like whether you want to admit it or not on your free time, you're probably on social media, (laughs) you're probably looking at socials. But that also means that you're available to your clients more or less or so. So I think setting boundaries is a hard thing, especially when you're like starting out and definitely not a fun thing to do, but an essential thing to do for sure. So for me, that's that probably is like you can work from anywhere, but you're also available all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think what's interesting about what like my journey and what I've learned is I can set a boundary pretty easily. I can send you a welcome packet. I can like make these boundaries, but upholding them and being consistent in it is what gets really hard because I am like a people pleaser. And I do want to be easy to work with. I think we all do. And you kind of have to walk the line of like, you don't want to be like a drill sergeant being like terrible to work with and like not flexible because that's just not how this industry works. Like there's times you need to be flexible. But actually, one of my close friends, my podcast co-host, talks about the rubber band analogy. She learned this in grad school about leadership, where it's like, when you stretch out a rubber band, you can't like bring it back to where it was. So same thing with like clients. So let's say you like stretch out this rubber band here at the beginning and give them all this leeway with your boundaries. They're not going to snap back to where it was. So you have to like let them, you know, slowly gain, I guess, flexibility when they quote unquote earn it, I guess, and prove that they're not going to like take advantage of you. Yeah. So I think that that's one of the hardest things for me is just finding ways to uphold boundaries. And it really is a lot of it's just interpersonal relationships because the way you're talking to one client, you can't talk to another client the exact same way because it won't work. So it's not just like having these scripts of like, this is what I'm going to say if this happens. That might work for some people or most people, but it won't work for everybody. So you kind of have to be able to tailor it to whoever you're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be able to be like really, really confident in yourself to be able to get on a call and like go with the flow because you can't just write something. I was saying before this, I'm I'm writing a script of, you know, basically fire a client. The script is only going to take me so far because what if this client says this or what if this client says that, you know, it just, you should never know. Yeah. And it's the upkeeping, like you said, is kind of what I was saying, I sent you guys a DM earlier saying, Hey, like I had a client that agreed to three posts a month. And now all of a sudden we're posting seven posts and it's kind of like gradually added on. And at first it was like, okay, I'll do two reels and I'll write the captions. You just schedule it, which is fine. And then eventually I had to start writing the captions or it kind of just went in and now we're in campaign mode and we're posting seven times a week. And I'm like, well, whoa, how did this happen? How did we get here? But now having to like wheel them back into like, okay, this is our contract. I'm okay doing this for X amount of money extra, but having to reset the boundary essentially that I have left (laughs) open (laughs) is not a fun conversation, but it needs to be done. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the stuff we learned in the incubator has helped me implement more things at the beginning And I think what I really realized, especially from, I think it was the week four training about client experience was when you're setting these boundaries and you're communicating in this way, that's like really professional and stuff, you're not making yourself seem scary. You're really just making yourself seem like they're paying for a more valuable service in all actuality. You know, if you are willing to do anything, drop anything for your client, they're going to think you're not valuable. They're going to think you have all the time in the world and that you don't have any other clients. So to make yourself not only seen, but to show that, you know, you are a valuable person who other paying clients are 
you know, expecting work from as well, you have to set those boundaries. And it communicates that at the beginning so that then when issues come up, like we're talking about, it's easier. And also like legally you're protected and things like that from those issues rather than just having to like hope that they're not mean to you and like hope that they agree with you yeah, and hope that they like don't sue you. (laughs) Like you, you can actually like be confident in that and use, you know, you have things to go back to and you're like, well, you knew this at the beginning. You signed something that said you knew this. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. If you didn't read it, not my problem. (laughs) Yeah. You signed it. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have signed it. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. We're going to take a really quick break from today's episode so that I can tell you exactly how to stop wondering where your next social media management client is because you can just use my list of the 35 best places to get more social media management clients instead. Get the free guide delivered straight to your inbox by going to my website. I'll link it in the show notes for you. Now, back to today's episode. Kat, I forgot to ask you, what is your favorite thing about being a social media manager? Okay, well, I am a travel bug. So it kind of goes in with this. What I don't like is the freedom, the freedom of being able to work from anywhere, the freedom of working the hours that I want to work how much I want how much or how little depending on how you see it. So that's, that's kind of like what I love the most about it's just the freedom to be able to do what fills up my cup when I want and when I need to. And that's important, I think, in every aspect of life. Yeah. Do you find it difficult to like, since you love doing the work so much, do you ever find it difficult to like stop working? Oh, I am a workaholic. Listen, (laughs) it's a problem, but no, I'm getting better. I think that setting boundaries with your clients also means setting a boundary with yourself. So like if my office hours are like mine are 10 to 5, I have a non-negotiable in the morning, which is my workout. I always do that. That's a hard boundary with myself. And then after I really just try and put my phone away, sometimes I'll end up in DMs. That's just how I am, unfortunately, but at the end of the day, I just try and disconnect as much as I can. And the little mute function on Instagram now is beautiful for weekends because I actually don't look at notifications on my clients' accounts. I just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I love it too. It's a godsend. Turn it on every weekend. <laughs> we need more. We need more <laughs> like Instagram features that are made for social media managers. Like sometimes I'm like, this app is designed for like everybody to be running their own account. Yes. Which is just not the reality. No. And Masseri knows it because he's addressed social media managers before. I'm like, why can I only log into six accounts? I have to carry my iPad around with me everywhere so I can like have all my notifications. (laughs) I know. It's the worst. For the longest time in Canada, it was like four. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? And then I think like a year and a half ago, they changed it. And I was like, thank the Lord. But even then, I'm like, sometimes... Like I have one-off clients that I do work for and then I have to like log out of some accounts, log on or like use the... And then the two-factor authentication. Yeah. Yeah. Do not get me started on that. (laughs) Do not get me started on that. I'm like, oh, hey, you got a code. Three hours later, they're like, here's the code. I'm like, I've logged... I I didn't... I'm not in there anymore. I need another code. I'm so sorry. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Yes. that That is one of the things about getting a new client I would say that I don't like is like figuring out access, like timing... I do all of that now on my like consult calls. Yeah. Cause like, I just, let's get it out of the way. You're on the phone with me. I know that you have to look at it and we like, (laughs) you can't give it to me now. (laughs) Yeah. You can't ignore me. (laughs) Yeah. 
Agreed. That makes sense. And that's actually what my podcast manager did. So she's in Australia. She was like, you know, I'm going to have to authenticate it. Let's just do it when we're on the call together. And it worked really well. The issue that I run into is like, when I need to get my team logged in, I am at least logged in so I can, you know, approve the login request. But if there's like a text code or stuff like that, there's still coordination that has to happen. So yeah, well, we'll figure it out. Is there anything you wish someone had told you before you got started, Katie? Oh, there's so many things. I think like this is going off another thing that's just been difficult for me in general is taking things really personally because I'm the one person running this business. So when you were saying like, you know, you unplug whatever, I'm really great at unplugging until I get a text, especially if it's a text that's constructive or non-constructive criticism. So if I get a text that's like something's wrong or like you've done something wrong, I immediately go into panic, panic, panic mode. And I feel like I need to handle it right then, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing. And part of that's a people pleaser me, but I feel like I've struggled with that with, you know, losing clients. Like sometimes clients come and go for reasons, various reasons, that kind of thing, or even just somebody doesn't like a piece of content that I thought was really good, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And so I think tying your personal value into your business is really common and it's hard to avoid when you're the one single person running your business because you can't just be like, oh, you know, the whole team tried our best, like whatever. It's just you. And so I guess what I wish somebody had told me was that, you know, these things happening, it literally everybody, this happens to everybody. This has nothing to do with the quality of work you're doing. You know, just because one client tells you one thing doesn't mean the other client's going to think that same thing. And, you know, just that it's not a personal reflection on your work. And also another thing, clients will come and go. They're just going to come and go. And so you don't have to panic every single time one comes or goes. Yeah. Separating your ego from your business is so important and it takes a long time, but I think it's like such an important part of growing within your business is separating who you are. Like getting a no when you're doing sales doesn't mean that they don't like you or that you're a bad person. It just means that you're not right for them, which is fine because it leaves way for a more aligned client to find you anyways. So just my two cents on that. Yeah. There's a lot of personal growth that comes in with being an entrepreneur. So much. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't even think about it. Like you learn what like your strengths are and then you also learn your weaknesses and like your triggers and you have to work through those. There's no hiding from them because like your business will fail if you don't get it sorted out. And I feel like you never see, like I've never in my life experienced something where I've seen so much growth in myself. Like just watching the way I react to losing a client now versus the first client I lost. The first client I lost, I was like, this, I have to shut this thing down. (laughs) This is not for me. Like I can't do this anymore. And then now I'm like, okay, like somebody else is like in the inbox anyway, you know, or like, I'm sure somebody will schedule a call next week or something. And we talked about this in the incubator too, but like, it's like this energy opening, which is kind of woo-woo, but I've felt it. I know a lot of other people have too, but it really is. It is an ego thing. And it's hard because like I said, it's just you. So there's nothing else you can blame it on other than like your abilities and your personality and your ability to, you know, do these different things. But when you really think about it, nobody knows how to do everything when they start. Yeah. I think after a while too, you just start having faith in the universe. It sounds super woo-woo, like you said, and that's what we were talking about in the incubator. But as time goes on, you see that like there is a reason behind everything and losing a client just makes room for a new client that's more aligned or 
whatever it might be, you just have to kind of realize that everything's going to be okay. And you just need to keep going. And it's, it's tough when you're in that moment of like, there's nothing there. I've lost the clients. What am I going to do? And it's tough, like trusting. Yeah, I've, I've been talking a lot with uh, one of a coach that I know and talking about like how it gets easier as you go along because you have the opportunity to say no, but it's harder at the beginning because saying no is much harder because maybe you need that income or you don't necessarily have the freedom to always say no, or you don't feel like you do anyways. But yeah, as you grow and as you start making more income, then you have more power to say no to who you think is right or who you think is wrong or who's a red flag client even though you might not always do it, but (laughs) you at least get more freedom to do so. Yeah. So can you share with us just a little bit about why you joined the incubator and what you got out of it the most, Katie? I think when I joined, I was kind of at a point where it felt at the time, and this might have been a, a minute of drama, but it felt kind of like a, I got to either figure this out kind of thing, or like I have to stop, not necessarily quit, but like I was at a point where if I didn't change certain things or like move forward in certain ways that it was the opportunities were just going to kind of stop. So I was kind of getting these opportunities that I wasn't prepared to take. And I was starting to like see that all of the work that I'd done kind of come to fruition, but it kind of felt like I was like, okay, my client experience is kind of off. I don't even know where I would begin to grow a team. I don't know, like, am I doing this and that and whatever, you know, correctly? And so I decided that investing in a program that would help kind of guide me through not only to be able to see kind of like, okay, up to now, like, what are the things that maybe I should have done differently? And then at the point that I was at learning how to move forward. And I think it was really kind of when we started talking about client experience was where I was really like, okay, this is stuff that like I am not doing like at all. And really like, things that, you know, protections I wasn't making, boundaries I wasn't setting, programs I wasn't using, things like that, and just learning in that way. And I found like, obviously, Shantae, we all learn from you, but we also all learn from each other, which was really beneficial. And just kind of being able to see like, okay, everybody else is doing this too. And everybody else feels the same way. Like, I'm not alone. There's so many, this is just one cohort of people, but there's so many people, all of the like alumni of the incubator, as well as just kind of feeling like you're not alone in that was really helpful. And really just kind of being pointed in the direction of like, I think as a business owner, oftentimes it can feel like, okay, what should I do next? Like sometimes you're like, I have all of these options in front of me of the way I could do this. And it's nice to just have somebody say, okay, do this. And then it'll, then you do this and then you do this. And that really helped me. Analysis paralysis, if not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. How about you, Kat? I think mine is a little different. So when me and you first started talking was back in November. And I signed up for the cohort in November, which didn't end up happening. But I got on to this one. And you were nice enough to send all of the materials to me (laughs) from the last cohort. And being the overachiever that I am, I started working on my systems, which was the biggest thing I think I needed help at that point. So by the time that this incubator rolled around, I had all my systems in place. And I was really like, I was ready. I was like, okay, now is the time that I need to hire. So the last lesson for me was super helpful. Obviously, I had listened to all of the lessons before (laughs) um, and bought all of the things like 
all of the templates. They're so useful by them, <laughs> but <laughs> it really helped like set up my whole systems. And yeah, by the time that we got to the incubator, for me, the biggest takeaway was like delegating the SOPs. Like I hadn't even thought that I needed to do SOPs, but realistically, it just makes sense to have your processes written out for ease of giving it to someone else and saying, okay, here's the A to Z. You can't mess it up. You have the instructions. And like Katie said, like the community was also a really big part of what I appreciated because I don't know any social media managers around in my life. I don't have any (laughs) anyways. And now I do. And it's great to just have people that you can like relate to and not have like a sense of competition. It's not like that. It's really a supporting community, which is great because yeah, you can talk about like the struggles that you're going through and how you're dealing with stuff and kind of have a soundboard of like people, like a little army that you can roll things by, which is amazing because it makes the journey a lot less lonely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And like, even like the issues we were talking about earlier, like I feel like now I have people, if my clients are acting up, I can have people who I can be like, okay, does this sound like crazy for me to say? Or like, should I say it, you know? And it's just sometimes it's the lack of coworkers. You know, a lot of us like Kat and I are doing this solo. I'm sure a lot of people listening are the only one who works in their business. And sometimes it's just like, I need at least one person to check me. I've been talking to myself all day long. Like, (laughs) so it's like having those people that you know, understand and aren't just being like, oh, like my boyfriend listening and being like, okay, I don't have Instagram. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. Like my boyfriend literally doesn't have Instagram and now he's listening. He's like, that sounds great. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mine doesn't have Instagram either. (laughs) I think it's like meant to be like social media manager dating a boy who's like never been on Instagram. Yeah. My husband didn't have Instagram for the longest. And then he finally got one because he was like, I'm going to follow you. I'll like all your stuff. I'll support you. And like now when he's on it, he's just sending me cat reels (laughs) and he's shopping for tools because he gets all these ads for tools. So it's become very expensive. (laughs) (laughs) He's the proof that it works. He's the proof that like social media is like you need to invest in your social media. Yeah. The algorithm figured them out real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Tools and cats. Yeah. Tools and cats. That's that's him. That's hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Well, this was amazing. I have loved chatting with you too. I miss our calls already. And I know you guys have a coffee chat after this, Mm -hmm. which is so cute. Kat, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at kv.mktg, like George. I'm French, so I always mix up the G's and the J's. (laughs) And yeah, that's where you can find me. That's where I'm most active. I also am on Facebook, but that gets, unfortunately, a lot less attention. I'm trying to focus on Facebook Reels because I know they're doing really well right now. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Okay. How about you, Katie? You can find me on Instagram at Katie Creative Co. Same. I spend most of my time on Instagram. If you want to see the occasional trending TikTok that I have time to catch on to, my username on TikTok is the same, Katie Creative Co. And then, yeah, y'all shoot me a DM if you want to connect. I always love connecting with more social media managers. Yes, definitely do that. And I will link all of your accounts in the show notes so it's quick and easy to find. Thank you both for coming on. This was amazing. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. My cheeks hurt from laughing so much. (laughs) I know. I haven't stopped smiling. My face is like red because of how much I've been smiling. (laughs) All right. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Bye. 
Make sure you give both of these ladies a follow. Connect with them over on Instagram. I'm sure they would love to chat with you. They are linked in the show notes for you. And if you have any friends who are struggling with social media management, becoming one, getting clients, scaling, just feeling alone, share the link to this episode with them and help them out. You're helping a friend. I get to help people. So it's a win-win. And if you're not already following the podcast, make sure you hit the follow button or the plus button in Apple Podcasts so you can get brand new episodes delivered straight to your podcast app every Friday. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Learn more about my digital template shop, online courses, and mentorship program by going to my website at sugarpunchmarketing.com. And while you're there, make sure you join my safe, supportive community created exclusively for social media managers. It's 100% free to join and packed with really amazing resources, trainings, and people. See you next time.